0: This episode of Enterprise Security Weekly is brought to you by IT Pro TV, an easy, entertaining approach to online IT training. Access over 2,000 hours of up to date, high quality video content live and on demand for a free seven day trial and 30% off the lifetime of your account. Visit itpro.tv forward slash enterprise security and use the code ES30. LogRhythm's NetMon Freemium delivers real-time network visibility to quickly identify emerging threats in your IT environment. NetMon Freemium is a free commercial-grade network forensics and traffic analytics solution. You can use NetMon Freemium's powerful capabilities to search against all observed network traffic, identify abnormal traffic patterns and application usage, and quickly analyze full packet captures. Take the first step towards real-time network visibility. Visit logarithm.com forward slash freemium to learn more and download it today. Are you worried about PCI compliance? Does your development team understand or care about security? Are you ready to face a breach of your customer-sensitive data? See the worst that can happen before it does. Black Hills Information Security can help you help management see the future. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com to find out how a web application penetration test can mitigate the risk before you go live. Welcome back, everyone, to Enterprise Security Weekly. I'm here to tell you about not just any con, well, actually anyCon, the first hacker uh, <laughs> conference of its kind in Albany, New York, on June 16th and 17th uh, at, at the Albany Convention Center, which is brand new in downtown Albany, New York. The event will have a capture-the-flag competition, hardware hacking village, and a ping-pong tournament, uh, all kinds of tracks in a family-friendly environment, with the keynote being delivered by none other than and Dave Kennedy or one of his clones. Security Weekly will be there. Doug White will be representing, hosting Hacker Movie Trivia, giving away t-shirts and Hacker Movie-themed glassware. You can go to anycon, anycon.info, forward slash tickets, use the discount code Paul, and get $25 off your ticket. And our fine friends at... ITPro.TV, whose courses now include Apple Certified Support Professional, CompTIA, Security Plus, and ITIL Planning Protection and Optimization. Premium annual memberships include all video content, as well as access to virtual labs and Q&A forums. Normally, you'd pay $85.70 a month or $857 per year, but you listen and watch Security Weekly. Therefore, for a limited time only, you get 30% off a monthly membership for the lifetime of your active subscription using the code ES30. Atif Ghari is here from the Herjavec Group. And, Atif, I have to ask you first, like, what's it like working with Robert? Like, when you go into his office, like, <laughs> is it like Shark Tank? Does he ask you, like, all, like, the same hard questions when you're like, I think we should go here for lunch? And he's like, what's my return on investment, you know, for that, for that lunch in a five-year period? Like, it, what's it like working with Robert?
1: Robert is incredible. I mean, he is uh, just as you see him on TV. And I, he's known as a nice shark. And a fun little story about Robert is that he actually almost got kicked off of Shark Tank, really, yeah, for actually for being too nice. I was yeah, going to so. say,
0: out of all the characters on Shark Tank, like I would want to hang out with Rob. He just seems like a genuinely nice guy. I've watched a lot of, because we have a show, Startup Security Weekly, as well. So I'm a huge Shark Tank fan. And Robert, you can just tell from watching the show, is a genuinely nice person. So, and you back that up. So that's good. And you work you work for him. So, <laughs> what, yeah. who better yeah. to the judge, right? Oh, well, that's good. He's fantastic. Um, so, uh how did you get your start in uh, in information security?
1: Yeah, I started with IBM uh, several years ago, seventeen years ago or so, in cryptology, right? So the fun, interesting, oh. sexy cryptology space uh, with PKIs, if those remember it. And then just you know grew up, grew up through the ranks accordingly. Uh, what I really like about security, and what I encourage others that are looking to get into security, is that it it's involved with all parts of IT. So you got to know you got to be a mile wide and an inch thin right as far as your, your knowledge of different topics and, uh, and you got to be a problem solver right And so those are the two areas that I really focused on and became passionate about to develop my career in security.
0: So Tiff, we've been uh, talking a lot about sim. And I, here's my here's my issues uh, with SIM. So maybe you, you can help me out and kind of present the, the other side of it. Because I'm not saying people shouldn't have it or shouldn't use it. Well, sometimes I do, depending on the situation. But here are my problems. Um, one, I think that the vast amount of information that we get from logs makes it very difficult to do accurate analysis of it. And a lot of those issues stem from the various different log sources, and how they change between different versions and different products, or even same iterations of the same product will have a different logging format, which complicates the analysis. Also, you have the, what you're going to log can change. So the data coming in is always changing based on, did the administrator disable logging? Did the administrator configure logging in such a way that changes the behavior? Did they enable debug logging, disable debug logging, turn logs on for these events but not those events? So you've got all those variables in the mix, and a lot of the enterprise customers I've talked to go, "Well, we're, we're really just like overwhelmed, and we can't consume our SIM data because it's just it's not accurate. There's too many false positives, and I believe it stems from those issues that that I just spoke about. So, what is your what's your take on SIM on how to overcome some of those challenges?
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on those challenges that are faced with the companies that own their own SIM or manage their own SIM. And really, the real real world there is paralyzed, right? The SIMs they tend to paralyze you if you're not looking at it the right way. So the way that the way I would advise is: Are you letting your logs drive you, or are you driving the logs? And so if you're driving the logs, then you are coming up the use cases, and you're developing. Okay, what is the scenario-based notable event that I'm looking for? Right? And the problem is that many security administrators and security leaders just don't have the talent, don't have the staff, don't have the bandwidth to stop and think about them. And then if you did think about them, adjust with them next week, next month, next quarter, Right, continuing to update and refine those use cases that then you ask for the logs. Most CISOs, chief information security officers, do the opposite. Right, They buy a bunch of technology and then they just try to feed it all together. And then they wonder why they're not getting meaningful alerts, right? Whereas it should be the opposite. It should be is what are your key baseline type of events that you're looking for? And do you really need to buy a device? Can't you just get it from a, from a Linux log or a Windows log uh, as far as the data that you're looking at? So I think it's a it's a, it's a a natural growth spurt for this industry for for SIM and security event management in that before, like as I said earlier, it was all about getting your logs into one place. Right? No one thought about, okay, what am I going to do with them? They just wanted to get them there. And then once they, once they got there, all cool things will happen. Well, cool things didn't happen, right? Instead, <laughs> it was, you're paralyzed, right? And, it's, and I think that's what's driving some of the challenge.
0: It's fantastic, uh, Atif, because what I'll uh, typically advise is like this. I feel like it's this little-known secret in our industry, and it, it speaks to very much what you were just talking about. Um, a, a friend of mine, Michael Goff, runs a site, Malware Archaeology, if uh if you haven't, have you seen oh. that at Tiff?
1: No, I want to check it out. That's okay.
0: Yeah. So make sure you go there. So he has these two guides and again, it's not going to work in every situation for every organization. As you said, it's a constantly a moving target, but so he has a guide and it's the windows logging cheat sheet and he actually keeps it up to date. Um, one of them was just updated like last month and the windows logging cheat sheet says, Okay, here's where you need to go in Windows, in which events and which things to enable, so that you have the best chance to catch most of the malware that's out there today, right? So that's step one. Then step two, he has a is for Splunk, but you could probably apply it to pretty much any sim. Here's what you need to enable and do in Splunk to take advantage of that extra logging to find out mm-hmm. what malware is doing, and that's ex- like right? exactly what you're talking about, right? Is tuning yeah. your systems in your sim to be able to actually detect the events that you care about and focus on on those things so
1: yeah and i could kind of build on that one point more further is mm-hmm. one of the first questions i ask customers when i talk to them about the managed services and you know sim management is what are you looking for and then i get the eyes glaze over look expression from their faces that they really don't know they don't have time right they're they're managers they're trying to manage risk for the company their or their engineers are focused on different technologies keeping them up and running evaluating new technologies but they're not really Looking at it holistically as to what is their problem, like what are the what, what type of attacks should they be looking at, right? And I think that's part of the the bigger challenge, and you know why like a managed service provider coming into play is, is helpful because you could have the the brains on site doing that type of work and the muscles off site that are just doing the day to op- day operations and the infra- the necessary uh, rigor to keep the technology running. So hey, we got to get more strategic about how we're looking at security use cases.
0: One of the things and it was I was talking with uh, my friend Matt Alderman, oh. uh, who I worked with uh, at, at tenable uh and it was a couple of years ago or over a year ago, and we were talking about how the sim space was kind of breaking up, right, and how the analogy was basically like Gartner has maybe at the time like one bucket for sim right, but really, there needs to be like three or four buckets, and I've seen that over time uh matt's vision who is the vp of product strategy right and <laughs> very accurately had this vision and i've seen it come true where we start to see these offshoots from sim and companies being very specific now euba or uba is definitely one of those so can you speak about that and maybe some of the other offshoots from sim of basically entire sub industries being created from that question of well now i have all the data what do i do with it
1: yeah, so what we see the sim space is dying in that not the not the use case, not the need, but the actual products cuz companies like Splunk are just taking over. Mm-hmm. It's really a big data analytics play now. So whether it's big data analytics for your business and for your operations or big data analytics for your security. And so that whole that whole new segment has new categories like UBA. Mm-hmm. So okay, so I have my analytics platform like Splunk or something comp- competitive and in that platform How could I look at more detailed use cases? So UBA is looking at account-level, people-driven actions, and then using machine learning to tie into your logs to find those machine-level actions, like someone that's VPNing in from a country that's no longer part or was never part of your company footprint, and in addition, the correlation feed, doing Functions On different applications that were never foreseen right on your domain controller or something like that. So UBA is getting very specialized with specific account basis. And to your question, there's more disciplines coming up now within security, within analytics, forget SIM, within analytics, uh, that's a new, the new SIM uh, mm-hmm. to look at where, where are the bad guys and what are they doing in your environment?
0: Yeah, and I so I see kind of three spaces right. There's the big data collection uh, and maybe some analytics for things outside of security. There's UBA, and then there's even like looking for IOCs. Right, is almost yeah. uh, security intelligence. Right, has emerged. So, right. Yeah, I, I, right. I like kind of drawing those uh, those boxes. Now with UBA, what a lot of uh, people will ask me. You know, do I? Try to work with whatever provider I have for my SIM and use their user behavior analytics function. Do I just enable uh, advanced threat analytics from Microsoft, or do I delve out and go buy like a specific UBA vendor? Uh, like there's tons of them now. Uh, Gurukul comes to mind because they have the most unique name, right? But there's tons of vendors in that in that space as yep. well. So what do you, what do you yes. recommend people do?
1: Yeah, so we follow UBA space very closely. So there's Securonix is another one, yep. Exabeam. Mm-hmm. Splunk has their UBA, which used to be Caspita, Splunk UBA. But I would strongly recommend, what which I do with my customers, is to use the vendor platforms. And the reason why I say that is that, I mean, just picking on Splunk, for example, where we do a lot of work with Splunk, their machine models are are time-tested, right? So the machine models are based on mathematical algorithms That very, very smart people written based on specific use cases. And the key question to ask your UBA provider is, how many math models do you use? Mm. And of those math models, how many of those are applied to use cases and how many use cases do you have? And then once you – and if you can get the use cases out of them, then you see, okay, well, how many of these would I actually use as a buyer in my business, right? And the reason why Mm. I say you should go with a vendor is because good luck trying to write those math models, Oh right? (laughs) Mm. And so you have trouble writing your own SIM rules. How are you going to write these math models? But don't let the vendor come in and say that. Oh, yeah, we have these great math models. Understand them. Uh, understand what those use cases are. And you know, we've done that already. And we found, you know, some of the vendors I rattled off, particularly Splunk, absolutely are worth their bang for the buck hmm. if you have the right logs coming in right. and if you're going to actually use the use cases. Right. Just don't go buy UBA because everybody's talking about it, which you know, a lot of customers do.
0: Yeah, no, and all of that is fantastic advice. In fact, I I learned some stuff about evaluating uh, UBA and that a tip. So that's that's fantastic. Um, so what a lot of other people ask me too. and This is a, a commonly themed question. Is uh, and I somewhat break it down for people that are asking about you know in general like security intelligence. Basically, they're looking for indicators of compromise in their networks mm-hmm. or in their logs or in their endpoints. And that's kind of how I break it up. I'm like. Most organizations, right, you've got some kind of logging sim component, you've got some kind of endpoint uh, technology, and maybe you've got some network monitoring technology as well. How do you tie all those, those things together? This is a very hard question, and I apologize in advance. How do you tie those together and get a central management slash analysis console that you can work off that's tying those sources together?
1: Actually, it's a very straightforward question for me because that's exactly the value of our of our managed services around the use cases. I've been kind of rattling, mm-hmm. be- beating on that drum since I you know got on this podcast. Yep. Is that the the use cases that you have can tie it together? So, for example, uh, multiple distinct alerts, multiple distinct high severity alerts from multiple so- from a single source. So, what that means that use case, what that means is, hey, I got a high critical IPS alert. I got a, a endpoint uh, event that's happening uh, with this, and they all have, and then maybe a uh, DLP rule that fired. All three have the same IP address, mm-hmm. right? Chances are that's not noise, right? That's probably a real problem. Right. And so having scenario-based notable events, rules that are set up within your threat framework, right? We, we call it the threat framework, I'm in the mm-hmm. group. That can help bring together all these technologies. But if you're just doing the opposite and buying all these technologies, and using them uh, independently, right? The and and managing them technology independently, you're going to get you're going to get inundated very very quickly because you're not using them together, and each one of the technologies is going to have a lot of noise. So you got to going back to let your you drive the logs, don't let the logs drive you. And that that's you know easier said than done. Like right. You got to have the right staff. You got to have the right skill set to do that. Uh, but as a managed service provider, that's our bread and butter. That's what we do.
0: Now, do you have a custom tool that you use to do the uh, correlation between all those different sources, or do you implement some commercial tools or a little of both?
1: Yeah, so we we do it through our analytics platform. So choose Splunk through uh, McAfee, Curator. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for 13 years. So we use the Sim platform essentially okay. mm-hmm. to do that, to be that curator, and to to apply that logic that we write in the form of a Splunk rule or a curator or, or what have you.
0: I got you. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so let's uh, – anything else on um, either UBA or SIM uh, or any of those uh, topics at TIFF that you wanted to cover?
1: Yeah, I just want to hit home hard on the fact that if you just buy a SIM or UBA product and turn it on as is out of the box, right, you're going to get what you paid for, which is a bunch of alerts. Right, but are they relevant to your business? Are they relevant to your operations? Because as a security guy, you're gonna, your job is to find the bad guys, and you find a bunch of bad guys potentially, but they have to be applicable to the to your stakeholders that you're gonna actually escalate the stuff to, to the IT team or the DevOps team that says that, hey, yeah, the, the, you know security guy, this is a good find, right? So you got to make it relevant to the context of your business, and if you're not doing that, you may, you know, be a very efficient security operations group, but you're not really impacting the bottom line, which is. Reduce the risk for your company. So just keep that in mind, and not be not just look at everything from a technical standpoint, but look at it from a business process standpoint.
0: Now, it's if uh, you know you you mentioned the MSSP uh, as a solution. Uh, obviously, you represent an MSSP. Um, I get asked a lot about MSSPs. Uh, I have to be honest, not everyone's a huge fan of their MSSP. Now, in your defense, I've come up with somewhat of a theory about that, right? And I think that different customers experience different levels of service and different technical levels and abilities of their MSSP's team. Um, because people go in and out, I think certain MSSPs put more focus on other customers than, than some other customers and not on purpose, right? They're just, right. they might have a larger customer and they're demanding a lot of attention. So a lot of my skills are going, more skilled people are going there and not to other people. So some people I talk to are like, hey, we had MSSP XYZ and they were great. And someone else I talked to says, we had M- MSSP XYZ and they were horrible and we want right. to switch. And I, I basically give this advice to to Everyone, what, what in, in defense of MSSPs, um, you know, what, what's what's the value and how do we overcome some of these challenges?
1: You're right, right? And, in fact, I do a talk at Security Congress for ICC, IC2 on what I call couples counseling. Mm-hmm. And I compare a managed service relationship with the customer as a, as a marriage, right? There's definitely ups and downs, and there's the most important thing is communication, right? Mm-hmm. So, to your point, I would judge your MSSP based on what I call onboarding. So that period of time when you sign the contract, everybody gives high fives to the time where you hit steady state. That time is critical. That onboarding mm. time is critical. And a lot of times, it's there's a lot of things that go wrong, which I cover in, the, in my presentation that I give. There's not enough input from the customer, or there's not enough input from the managed service provider. Most of the time, right. the managed service providers push it, but it's it. But customers don't recognize. They're like, oh, I bought an MSP. I'm gonna send them my logs. I'm good. Mm. Right? That's not the case, right? Your your marriage will fail. And so you, I judge a managed service relationship based on onboarding. And Herzvic Group, we've been doing it for 13 years. We've had some bad experiences as well, and we've learned from those experiences. And the biggest learning is the, how critical onboarding is. And uh, the last point on this is that it's great to put in technology, but locking in process is what's hard. And with managed services, you know, that's a big part of the of the deliverable is that okay, bad stuff happened. Now what? Who's the resolver group? How are you going to escalate it? What time do you escalate it? Who's going to pick it up? Who's their backup? That's all process stuff, right? And that requires, hey, you, Mr. Customer, you need to talk to me and you need to give me time and you need to get me in front of other people within your customer base. So that way I could lock in those processes with you very hard. And you're right. It's it's this this this, to get it right. It takes time, just like a marriage does.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, and I think it's a great uh, analogy. I'm gonna go call my wife right after the show, actually, and have some (laughs) communication with her. (laughs) Um, But uh, so, what a lot of people will say in the MSSP experience that maybe went through a rough time with an MSSP is they're like, well, they just don't understand my network. And I think that really speaks to your point about onboarding, that mm-hmm. there's a, a real knowledge transfer that has to take place and a continual knowledge transfer, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely give and take on both sides. I, I think the MSP has more, but the, the clients typically don't – they dismiss or they undersize what their effort is in order to be successful. And a lot of times the client doesn't have power, right? There's a the security team. Like everybody doesn't want to talk to them. They don't want to work with them, right? And so then in turn, they don't want to work with the MSP.
0: Yep. Yeah, I've definitely seen that happen uh, as well. So, but what I like about an MSSP and where I definitely recommend it is taking care of what I call the low-hanging fruit. Now, that's kind of an all-encompassing term, but I think you spoke about it already. And I'm assuming that's where your success stories are, where you're able to take care of a lot of those everyday processes so that the security team can focus on not necessarily more interesting, but other things that require a lot more human interaction and a much deeper understanding of the organization. Would you agree with that statement?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'll give you a good example. I mean, one thing that, you know, Robert Herjvik, our CEO, he gets, he walks into a room with the customer. The customer says, Oh, well, I bet you want to take over all my security. And Robert in turn says, absolutely not. Right. We cannot take over your, all of your security because you know your environment better than we ever would. But let us do all that mundane work that your engineers don't really need to do. Like, Collecting the logs, tuning the systems, doing all of that day to day plumbing work as your managed service provider. So the, it's the whole model of the brain's on site with you and the muscle off site with us. You know, that's that's where the value is for a real MSSP. And some others try to, you know, do do more and do less, but no one's ever gonna understand the business, like the owners of the business and the people that run the business.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, let's a, unfortunately, we're running short on time. We didn't get a chance to talk about um, IAM and, and PIM, but we'll definitely have you back on the show to talk about that because um, I think it's, we won't have enough time to do it justice, in my opinion. So, um, but now All you right. guys do—you do help and have a lot of experience with uh, uh, identity access management and privileged uh, identity management, correct?
1: Absolutely, it's a, it's a great space. It's very hot right now, especially in the investment world. The investment community is throwing money at these uh, providers. Mm. Uh, but uh, it'll be a fun topic for later. But, yeah, it's, a, it's something really to consider. It's the new frontier uh, when it comes to security tooling. It's the, the the new darling, so to speak. A lot of people buying it.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Well, Tiff, it was wonderful having you on the show. It was nice meeting you. And thank you for sharing all of your knowledge with our listeners and viewers. You are welcome, and I appreciate being here. Thank you. And that concludes this edition of Enterprise Security Weekly. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. We'll see you next week.